0: We have somebody that wants to say hi this morning, so we got a video here for you.
1: Joe, if you can go ahead and play that. Hello, Mission Family. I just want to take a moment to thank you for your prayers over the last several weeks as I've been recovering from knee surgery. And uh, it went very well. The doctors are happy. And I'm in the middle of physical therapy, which uh, PT, as you know, is supposed to stand for physical therapy. But many of you understand that it really means physical torture. (laughs) but I'm doing well and uh, just so miss you guys and miss being there together. One of the things I've recognized every time I have a forced uh, absence from the church is that being away from our spiritual family and our church family is just not healthy. And so I look forward to being with you very soon uh, and anticipate that being uh, in the next couple of weeks. So God bless you. Have a great morning this morning. Just be filled with the presence of God in everything that you do. I love you very, very much. God bless you.
0: Yeah, so he's doing well. So this morning we have an amazing treat this morning. Our speaker this morning is one of our own. She has served faithfully here at the mission. She co-leads our Wednesday night experience. I hate to call it a service because it's more of an experience in the Holy Spirit. Saturday, what did I say? Wednesday. 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 I'm stuck on Wednesday. Good. So you guys, you guys are actually listening. Awesome. Woo-hoo. Saturday, six o'clock, our new wine service. It's amazing. Her and Christian lead that and they're just doing an amazing job there. And if you want to just come and get filled with the Holy Spirit. I would highly recommend it, but would you please help me welcome this amazing lady of our own, of our family, Kiana.
1: Thank you,
2: thank you. I am so excited, y'all. I'm so excited. So excited to be here. This is my home church. That means you are my family. And so I have the honor and the pleasure of talking to you about my king this morning. Is he good to you? Because he's been good to me. Is he faithful? He's faithful. I don't know about you, but I was in darkness and he found me and he brought me out into his marvelous light. I don't know about you but he redeemed my life from the pit. And he has set me on a firm foundation, and he has crowned me with tender mercies. I don't know about you, but my God is good, and my God is faithful, and my God is here right now. When I was seeking the Lord about what to share this morning real quick, he told me to tell this house and all of you that it's due season. For what is overdue. It's due season, y'all. It's due season. There have been words spoken over this house. There have been promises made over your homes that you're still waiting to see the fulfillment of. You guys have stood faithfully. You have not given in. You have not given up. You have waited on the word of the Lord. And this is the time where it's your due season. No more delay. It's yours in the name of Jesus. The scriptures that he brought me to Galatians 6, 9. And do not let us grow weary of doing good. For in due season, we will reap if we don't give up. First Peter 5, 6 says, Humble yourselves under God's mighty hand and he will lift you up in due time. This is the time, church. This is the time. There are some of you that have a business on the inside. There are some of you that have a business and the profit isn't what you thought it would be at this point. The profit margin doesn't look like what you thought it would look like. There has been delay and red tape. It's your due season. It's your due season. There are some people that are waiting for a family, that are waiting for things to happen in their family that they have not yet seen. It's your due season. Claim it in the mighty name of Jesus, You know, it's interesting. Sometimes things seem impossible because the delay has been so extensive, right? If it's been five years, sometimes we're like, whew. I don't know if it's coming. But let me tell you about my friend last night who got up and testified. Two years ago, my friend got sick and has not been able to walk since. But this very week, she stood on her two feet. She walked and she kept on walking. This was... miracle. This was to the amazement of her doctors and her physical therapist. This is not something that was in her prognosis or her treatment plan, but God, but God, he comes against delay. What should take 15 years, five years, five days. He can do in one second. He just turns it all around. That's what he does. And that mighty hand that we're underneath It's a powerful hand, full of his love, full of his goodness. It's not a hand of condemnation. It's not a hand of anger. It's to bless you. Psalms 139. This has been my favorite verse for probably about 20 years. Psalm 139.5, it says, You go before me, and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. And so the Lord was reminding me of how I have many children. And you know how sometimes when you're around children, you just lovingly put your hand on their head. And they're not feeling very loving. So they start squirming around and try to get out from underneath your hand. We don't want to be those people under the hand of God. Let's camp there. Let that be the place where we abide in him. Under his mighty hand of blessing. So I want to talk to you this morning about the God that goes before you. He goes before you. This is not new. This is what he does. This is what he says. This is what he's going to do. And it's, it's kind of old news. But let me just remind you of that. This morning, Moses had to remind the Israelites that this is what God does. It says in Deuteronomy 1.30, the Lord your God who goes before you, goes before you, will himself fight for you just as he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. And you saw how the Lord cared for you all along the way as you traveled through the wilderness just as a father cares for his child. This is our God. Now he has brought you to this place. Verse 32 says, but even after all he did, you refused to trust the Lord your God who goes before you looking for the best places to camp, guiding you with a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. He's always surrounded us. He has always surrounded us. He will always surround us. Later when Moses was commissioning Joshua to lead the people into the promised land, he reminds them again in chapter 31. He said, it is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not fail you or abandon you. Do not be afraid or discouraged. I'm here to remind you we don't have to be afraid or discouraged, no matter what we're walking through. I want to tell you about a time where I saw with clear evidence that the Lord had gone before me. So my parents grew up super into sports. Track and field was their favorite. And so when they had me and my brother and my sister, they were like, yes, (laughs) we're going to get some track scholarships in this house. So they didn't have the opportunity to have scholarships to run in college based on their living situation or where they lived, but we were the next generation. So they were excited. I didn't realize this was weird, but I found out later it was because after school, we were running hills. After school, we were running trails and my parents at first would be there. And then eventually they were like, no, you guys just go on, just keep on running. So I spent my days running. Did I tell you I I hate running? I hate running. I hate running. I hate it. But my parents loved it. So, my sister is almost four years older than me. She was the first one, the golden child. Let's make it happen. Sophomore year, she said, I'm not running no more. I'm done. That's it. And they were like, what? So then they start looking at me. They start looking at me. And so I'm a twin, but I'm a year ahead, so it was my turn. Next. So I'm the good child. I ran, and I ran, and I ran, until... My senior year, my competition travel coach was unexpectedly removed from the high school position. I was horrified. I have no idea why. I was 16. I have no idea why. But I decided in protest I would not run my senior year. What I didn't realize was that when, like, recruiters are coming to high schools, you should probably be there. (laughs) If they're going to be, like, scouting you out, You should probably show up. I was not showing up. And so my high school counselor called me, and he was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Where are you going to go? And I was like, all right. Um, I'm not sure. So he laid out all these brochures. And I'm looking at the pictures. And the prettiest picture, this is how I decided. The prettiest picture was California State University, Fresno. And I was like, they have roses. This is going to be amazing. And so I don't know. that That was it. That was my choice. And so I realized that because I had blown it by not running my senior year, I would do the next wise thing in my 16-year-old mind. I decided to go get a, a scholarship for track, you just go ask for one. <laughs> that was my whole plan. That was the whole plan. My mother, I don't know why she went along with it. My mother said, okay, you, let's see this school you want to go to. I'll drive you down there. So we rode trip. We go to Fresno. It's beautiful. I saw the roses. I was like, yes, this is a great place to be. The weather was nice. Like it was nice, right? We find the athletic building. Lo and behold, there's the athletic director. And I'm like, hello. So me and my mom introduce ourselves. He's like, hey, I'm not even supposed to be here today. I just got back from a trip. What sport do you play? And I was like, are on track. I just, this is my moment, right? I have arrived. And he's like, oh, well, the track coach is not supposed to be here today, but he's next door. So in an instant, I'm up on my feet, and I'm heading out the door. My mother is not. I realize why in a second. So I'm, I'm going to the door, and I see the track coach sitting there, and this is what it's all about. This is what my life has been for. The dreams are here. And he's writing on his notepad, and I knock, and I'm like, hello. And he's like, hey. So my mom introduces herself. And then it kind of went downhill. And then I say, hi, my name's Kiana, do you know me? Why did I say that? I don't know, there's no way that he would know me. I did not run the whole year. Of course, he didn't know me, and the look on my mom's face, her eyes were this big. She's horrified. She is so embarrassed. But I've already said it at this point, so I have to just keep committing. I mean, I'm 60, I'm just committed to it. And he said, Do I know you? And I said, Yes. Oh, gosh, I'm still embarrassed by it. Yes, do you know me? And he slowly starts to walk away and head back to his desk and in my mind i'm going what other brochures were on that table because i have just lost my shot at this university and he picks up the 3 by 5 card that he was writing on when i knocked on the door and he showed it to me and he said do i know you on that 3 by 5 card was my name was my birthday was the city that i lived in and he said I was going to try to find your contact information tomorrow morning. But you're here. Come and have a seat. I mean... So my mom and I, we go in, we sit down. 25 minutes later, I leave that office with a full ride. Just like that. This was nothing I had done. I had made all the board decisions. I had said everything that was wrong. I had not adhered to the plan, but I knew that the Lord had gone before me. Let me tell you this morning that he will put your name in rooms that you haven't even walked in yet. He will put your name on the hearts and on the minds of people that have favor and influence and can open doors and provide opportunity. This is the Lord who goes before you. He always has, and he absolutely always will. So one of my favorite examples of when I saw the Lord just moving in power and going before his children was in 2 Kings. This is one of my favorite scriptures, 2 Kings chapter 4. This is the story of the Shunammite woman who wanted to bless the prophet Elisha. So she tells him to come and eat a meal with her, and he eats a meal with her. And after that, she's like, every time you come by, come and eat a meal with me. And so he does. And she's like, I want to honor him. So she asks her husband, can we build a place for him above our home? Can we furnish it? Because whenever he comes by, he could just stay and he could just rest. And the husband's like, absolutely, let's do that. So Elisha is there in the place that she has built for him. Their relationship started with honor. That's how it started. And he's looking around and he's so blessed by it. He's talking to a servant and he's like, what can I do for her? She has blessed me in this way. What can I do for her? And so they call her in, and they're like, can I give a good word for the king? Can I give a good word for the commander? Maybe make things a little easier for you. And she says, I live among my own people. I don't need anything. And so she goes back away, and he's like, "Ah, oh, I have to bless her. What can I do for her? And so her serv- his servant says, well, she doesn't have a son, and her husband is old always feel the need to say that. I don't know, but (laughs) it is what it is. So, and her husband is old and he's like, Oh, because obviously they have lots of money, but without a son, there is no legacy. There's nothing left. And so they call her in and he says to her woman, this time next year, you will hold a son in your arms. Second Kings four. Um, yep. Second four 16. She says, no, my Lord, Oh, man of God, do not deceive me and get my hopes up like that. She is about to get the promise of the one thing that she wanted. Verse 17 says, but sure enough, the woman soon became pregnant. And at that time, the following year, she had a son just like Elisha said. (laughs) God is so good to keep every single promise that he makes. He makes a lot of them, but he keeps them all. He keeps them all. And so she has a son in her arms and the son grows up and he's out at the fields with his father. And all of a sudden he yells, my head, my head, and he collapses. They bring the son to his mother and she is holding her promise in her arms. Hours later, he dies. This is how I know that God still moves. And he's always there and protected her. So he gave her what she wanted. Her promises died in her arms. She goes and takes the boy and lays him on Elisha's bed. I thought that was interesting. Not on her bed, but on Elisha's bed. And tells her husband, go give me a donkey and a servant. I need to go see the man of God. She didn't wail. She didn't scream. She didn't curse God. She just put her son on his bed and went to the source. I need to go see the man of God. Her husband goes, Why would you need to go see him? It's not the new moon. It's not the Sabbath. And her response, Everything will be all right. And she takes off. So she goes towards the man of God, and Elisha sees her coming, and she tells his servant, There's the woman from Shunem. Run and go meet her. Ask her, Is everything okay with your husband? Is everything okay with your son? And so the servant runs out and says, Woman, is everything okay? And she tells him, everything is fine. Everything is not fine. (laughs) Everything is not fine. It's far from fine. Like, far from fine. But you know a mom on a mission. You don't want to get in the way. You don't want to get in the way. I feel like moms have this, like, superhuman ability when we're on a mission. Like, suddenly furniture is being moved. And, like, all these places and things are getting assembled out of nowhere. Like... Just get out of the way. Get out of the way. So she was wasting no time on that servant. Everything's all right. Go out of my way. She goes straight to the man of God, lays down before him, grabs his feet, and said, did I ask you for a son? Did I tell you not to give my hopes up? He looks at his servant. He said, tuck up your robes into your belt. Take my staff and run and run don't greet anyone on the way. If anyone greets you, don't answer. This was very rude. That would have been very rude to do. But he says, just run. And so now Elisha has given his servant the instruction for her son, but a mom on a mission. She looks at Elisha and she goes, as surely as I live and as surely as you live, I'm not leaving unless you come with me. So I think he just realized he was not going to win that one. So he just went with her on the way. The servant gets to the son first, lays the staff on his face, comes back to them and says, he has not awakened. He is still dead. And so there comes Elisha. Here comes the man of God, the one who the Lord was using mightily to provide her promise. He walks in, he lays himself over and stretches on the boy, and the boy comes back to life. Just like that. He says, woman, here is your son, and she grabs him, and she's grateful. She's grateful, but that's not even the end of their relationship. After that, he's like, so I talked to the Lord, right? And there's going to be a famine, and it's going to last for about seven years. So you're going to need to get out of here. So he warns her. He protects her. There's going to be a famine. Y'all got to go. So she leaves, leaves everything behind for seven years. Famine is over. She has returned. So here's the tricky part. She left everything behind. She left their home. She left the field. She left everything. And now she has to go before the king and beg to get it back. If the king said no, then it's no. So she comes back with her son. And she's about to approach the king and say, I really need back what I had left. And just at that moment... The servant of Elisha is chatting it up with the king. And the king's like, tell me some stories. Tell me about what Elisha's been doing in the land. And he's like, ooh, there was this one time that there was this boy. And then he was dead. And then he came back to life. And then he looks up and he said, there's the woman right there. And there is her son who came back to life. And the king's like, say, what? And so he asked her. That's, I figured that's what he said. I wasn't there, but I figured that's what he said. So he asked her, like, woman, is this true? And she says, yes, this is what happened to me. And right then, he assigned someone over her case. And not only does she get all of her property back, she gets everything that was made from every crop that was harvested from the day she left to the day she came back. She got it all back. The Lord is so good, she thought her promise was dead. Her promise came back alive, and yet still he came and restored all things. This is what he does, this is who he is. When we think that our promise is lost, when we think that all hope is lost, he revives it, he breathes on it. And then he restores everything that the enemy has taken. Believe him this morning. And so I had to walk through something. I'm still walking through it. That was pretty painful. But I realized as I walked through it that I serve a God who goes before me. Goes before me. And so about 12 years ago, my husband and I, funny story, had just decided that we were all done having kids. I had two at the time. Y'all know how many I have now, right? Funny, funny, right? God's funny. But, like, we had decided that we were all done having kids. We had one boy, we had one girl. My daughter should be 18 next week. She is here this morning with my big girl. So, we we're like, that's good, that's good, everything's fine, that's good. And then I have a dream. And in this dream, I'm standing in a large group of people, and this shadow, Walks towards me. It's a figure of a person, but it was just a shadow. And everything on the inside of me went, that's Jesus. And so I just stood there and waited for this figure to come towards me. And he gestures towards my stomach, and he says, you're pregnant. <laughs> it's a boy, and his name is Elijah. <laughs> hey. And so I wake up, and I went, No. Those dreams when you're like, oh, something's not right here. So I'm like, I'm gonna need some confirmation on this bad boy. So the first thing I thought to do was to look up his name, to look up the meaning of Elijah. Elijah means the Lord is my God. And I was like, ah, oh, God, that was you. That was you. That was you. And so I'm like, man, this child is gonna be amazing. He's going to be incredible. Look at this dramatic entrance that he's having into the world. So about seven and a half months later, my water breaks. I go to the hospital. I am in labor with my sweet Elijah. And the doctors are saying, something's wrong. He's not moving into the position that he should be. And we don't know why. And so hours and hours and hours go by. And finally, they say, this is an emergency. We have to take you to surgery. So they take me to surgery. They remove my son, my son is blue, unresponsive, essentially dead on the inside of me. The doctors had to bring him back to life. The cord was wrapped around his neck multiple times. He was slowly being strangled as I was in labor with him. And so he had an extensive stay at the NICU, and then they hand you the baby. And I'm like, "Oh, everything's fine. They handed me the baby. Everything was not fine. We found out. Pretty quickly That there had been some adverse side effects From his traumatic birth We started to notice that he was doing things that weren't typical And so we started taking him to doctors We started getting him tested They were handing out all kinds of diagnoses They were handing out all kinds of prognosis But what they basically said was This boy is not going to talk He's not going to talk He was essentially mute And I was like How could that be? when my Lord gave him to me, how could this be? And so I started walking out this journey with my son and it was literally just heartbreak after heartbreak after heartbreak because we would go to the grocery store and people that meant well would say, oh, what's your name? And he couldn't respond. We would be at the park and children would come up to him and ask him if he wanted to play. And he could not respond. And I would just have to stand there while my heart broke every time. Sometimes at home, or wherever we were, he would just spontaneously start screaming. And we couldn't figure out why. Come to find out, he was trying to express himself. But he didn't have the words So he would just scream and he would just cry. And it was very hard. It was hard for me. It was hard for his father. It was hard for his siblings. It was hard for everybody. And so something on the inside of me started to lose hope. Because I thought, how could the Lord promise me this child and then give him to me like this? He had made me promises about what he was going to do for the kingdom. How is he going to do anything for the kingdom now? How is anyone going to love him? How is anyone ever going to get to know him if he can't speak? And so I was discouraged day after day, year after year. And then my sweet father in heaven gave me a dream. He loves to give me dreams. Pay attention to your dreams, y'all. Pay attention to your dreams. He gave me a dream And I was at a church and I was standing back against the wall. And my son was a young man and he was standing at a pulpit. And I was watching him and he said, and my mom thought I would never talk. And the whole room erupted in laughter. And I woke up and I went, my promise, my promise is not dead. My promise is not dead. My son just turned 12 years old. And let me tell you what his favorite thing to do is. To argue with me. (laughs) That is his new favorite thing to do. So I went from a son who said nothing to a son who could only say the same three or four words. And he would say them 150 times a day. Because that's all he could say. Out of nowhere. And I say nowhere, y'all. Nowhere. I get pizza because I'm a mom. And I'm like, yes, kids, we're going to have pizza put it on the table. Elijah sits down at the table. He looks at me, he goes, I don't want pizza. It's disgusting. And I was like, excuse me? And then he said, I don't want pizza. I want a hot and spicy cup of soup. Excuse me? Excuse me? I mean, the words just came from nowhere. Like they just came from nowhere. And I would never have been able to walk through this with him day by day if I did not serve a God who had gone before me and had made promises to me that I knew he would keep every single one. Let me tell you, that's not the only promise that I was standing for. I'm still contending for his complete healing in the mighty name of Jesus. I'm still contending for things in my family that I have not yet seen. And I want to encourage you this morning and tell you that if you feel like your promise has died, you serve a God who has gone before you. Some of you may be facing diagnosis and trials and mountains that you don't know how they're going to move. The Lord has already cleared the path for you. He has already cleared the giants out of that land, and victory is yours. Every promise he has made you, he will keep. That's who he is. So I want to pray for you this morning. If you could stand up with me. That the goodness of the Lord, that the presence of the Lord, that the fire of the Lord will comfort you, will surround you, will fill you, and will overflow In every area of your life. Father God I thank you for who you are. God I thank you that you're a God that surrounds us. Lord I thank you that because of you. We have no reason to be discouraged or afraid. God I thank you that no matter if we feel like we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death God. You have already gone before us. God, I thank you that your promises are real, that your word is real, that your faithfulness, it's real. And, God, that you carry us. So I ask right now, God, that you carry us right now. Pour out your spirit, God. Pour out your spirit, God. Lord, I thank you that as we wait on you, you renew our strength. So let our strength be renewed this morning, God. That as we wait for a breakthrough, that as we wait for the shift, that as we wait for the open door, God, we thank you for your presence. God. We thank you for the victory that is ours, God, because of who you are. God, I thank you for the joy that's set before you, God. You made an an just crazy sacrifice, but you haven't stopped. You haven't stopped showing up for us. You haven't stopped moving the mountains out of our way. You haven't stopped leading us and guiding us. And you never, ever will. God, I thank you for your mighty hand that is pouring out your blessings right here and right now. God, I thank you for your blessings in each and every household, in our finances, God, in our bodies, in every diagnosis. We say pour out your spirit. God, I thank you that you are the name above all names and everything that we're standing in front of right now. We just say Jesus. We say Jesus. When it doesn't make sense, we say Jesus. When we don't understand, we say Jesus. When we feel lost and confused, we say Jesus. So, King Jesus, we thank you for who you are. And I just say, be the Lord over each and every circumstance, God. Lord, I thank you that you've walked it out for us, that you've provided the way, and that you're never going to leave us. God, I thank you that we don't have to be discouraged or afraid because of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: so good. He's a God that goes before you. If you're dealing with that your promise feels dead or dying, I ask that you come up front. We have people that are here to pray for you and release the God that goes before you. Or if that's you this morning, and Kiana, I'm going to ask if she'll come back, she'll pray over you. For that promise to come back alive, so come on right now. Yeah, come on down. As we go into this worship, as we wrap up this morning, come forward. We'll have people pray over you for that promise that He's given. That seems like it's dying or is dead, but He is the God that goes before us. He is the God of miracles. Jesus, we just release your power to resurrect the dead. Right now, we release that in every situation, every dream. Right now, that resurrection power that flow through your body, we release that right now. Release Right now, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If I can have the ministry team come down and start ministering. Don't miss Wednesday night. We'd love to have you. We bless you you go in your week this week we're just going to minister to these up front love you don't miss wednesday night see you next weekend love you